and welcome to Castle Fun, the official podcast of the Star Wars Speculation subreddit. I'm your host, Sam, and today I'm joined by three of my fellow co-hosts. Hi, I'm Lai. My name is Tom, hello. Feel the fire here. I'm going to start things off today by talking about some of the news that's happened in Star Wars this week. First on the agenda is Dryden Voss and the Mandalorian armor. Empire Online released an article about this, and it shows Dryden Voss standing next to what very much appears to be Mandalorian armor of some description. What this means, we don't know. Is it his? Is it a collector's item? I don't know. What do you guys think? Personally, I think that um, they wouldn't show it so overtly if it wasn't in some way meaningful. So I think that either it will be like the focus of this character on being a badass and having a, you know, killed Mandalorian or something like this, or he might actually be a Mandalorian. And I think that it's cool it might be cool to it might be an opening to uh some themes of mandalorians that might happen in the future and i also want to remind people of the fact that there is something looking like a slave one during the castle run i don't know if anyone noticed it and it's probably a bigger topic but I saw an oddly sh- oddly shaped rock i don't know if it was a slave one but it certainly looked like an oddly, oddly shaped rock <laughs> Um, <laughs> I don't think that was a rock. There, there were no rocks there. Well, we'll we'll, uh, we'll see. Um, but the yeah, I mean the armor. I don't know. Like, I mean, I get the feeling looking at this guy, and I don't know much about him, but he's meant to be some sort of like crime boss or something, right? Um, or a criminal overlord, apparently. Um, and he he actually, by the sounds of it, he's putting together the the crew. Uh, I'm I'm assuming Han Solo's crew. Uh, or mm-hmm. probably Beckett's crew, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so it wouldn't come as a shock to me if he had gotten hold of Mandalorian armor in some way. Um, I doesn't seem like, from the sound of him, and obviously we don't know much about his character yet, but it, it doesn't sound like he's a Mandalorian himself. Although that would be really cool if he was. If he's, a, you know, he, he wants he wants someone for a heist. So maybe he's stolen this armor, or maybe he has killed a Mandalorian. Um, but it would certainly it would certainly tie in nicely if they want to um, bring any more Mandalorians in or Mandalorian like characters in, such as you know Boba Fett, maybe, maybe. <laughs> so it looks like it's on display. I, I mean, it could be something that he's got you know in preparation for use. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers, just kind of nerding out here, but if anybody remembers the old Star Wars Galaxies uh, MMO. Uh, you could, you know, Mandalorian armor was something you could get your hands on. So, I don't know, maybe it, uh, you know, is something that he he happened across. This is actually a cool idea, I think. Like, I, I could see some kind of scene when he's doing, you know, evil monologue or something, looking at Mandalorian armor. It's not my own idea, but it is from Lego Percy J. Um, Todd. And he said that there is similarity between the armor at, uh, that Dryden Voss has and the ones used by Maul's um, Mandalorian Death Watch army from the Clone Wars. So that was his thought. I mean, I can sort of see it. It looks... I mean, I don't know. I can't really make out if it's like black or dark red. Um, but really, like... Mandalorian armors, Mandalorian armor. I guess I don't know. It's 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 hard to say at this point. But that could be a cool like Easter egg or something they could throw in. Um, I doubt. Uh, 
I don't think that it's an Easter, Easter egg, actually. It wouldn't be so in the middle of the scene if that would be an Easter egg. I think that there will be some meaning, maybe a major, maybe like minor meaning, but but a meaning nonetheless. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure I agree. Um, so the next bit of news is IGN have reported that Yoda will be back in episode 9, which isn't too much of a stretch of the imagination. Um, they say that Yoda will again appear as a ghost as he acknowledges Rey's success and growth as a Jedi, a source told NY Daily News. Nothing further was shared, but it's certainly interesting uh, that Yoda would appear to Rey. Uh, I agree. Um, I'd always thought, and this this might just be personal headcanon, I don't know, maybe you guys can clear me up on this, but I always thought that Force Ghosts could only appear to people that you know, knew them at some point, basically. That's what I've heard about Force Ghosts, but I don't know for sure if, like, I've never seen personal, like, Star Wars official uh, word on that, so. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I mean, it certainly wouldn't be a, a bad rule, but I, I don't think um, it's it's not something they couldn't retcon, even if it even if it had been stated. But I... Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was stated anywhere, but it, it feels like something that had just sort of been a general, you know, something that was true up until if this were to occur kind of thing. But I might be wrong. I could mm. be completely wrong. I'd certainly buy it, but then it would stand to reason why Yoda would be contacting Rey, of all people. Um, but, you know, I think it's it's interesting to me because I'm fairly confident, and, and I want to do this as a topic at some point in a future podcast, but I'm fairly confident Luke will be back in Episode 9 to some degree as a Force ghost. But, you know, with, with ghosts, especially in, like, Western culture, it's it's normally about making amends or or finishing unfinished business uh, with in the living world. So I think yeah. Yoda's like, you got to burn those books. Exactly. And to me, um, you know, a lot of people want a scene with Luke and Ray. And I definitely think they need a scene, but I don't think Luke has done enough with Ray to really warrant too much. He doesn't need to tie up too many loose ends with her. I think if he needs to make amends, he needs to do it with Ben instead of Ray. And I think Ray is kind of the, 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 the newest Jedi we have have ever seen in the films uh being paired with yoda who's the oldest we've ever seen in the films i think that'd be a really nice kind of dynamic between the two of them um because i think yoda you know one thing that that, that gets quite overlooked sometimes is the fact that yoda has been through this really really great eight film arc and i feel like he's got a lot of wisdom to share quite obviously i mean we know that so i think it would be really nice for him and Rey to talk about the the Jedi and, and where it's come to. I think that would be really interesting to see. That'd be awesome to see. I would love to see another mentor to Rey, um, especially since we didn't get too much training in The Last Jedi. And, um, you know, she kind of had to figure it out by herself and make her own choices. So, I mean, some mentorship in The Last One would be great, actually. Right. Although it kind of sounds like he's, instead of mentoring her, he's, he's kind of more acknowledging her growth. I actually strongly disagree. <laughs> uh, basically, I mean, I'm do not. I don't think that Yoda appearing would be something bad. Actually, no, I, I would. I'd love to see Yoda again. But I think that what Yoda said is that currently Ray knows everything she needs to know, and suddenly Yoda showing up 
mentoring uh, Ray is, I think, against everything that Yoda stated in uh, The Last mm. Jedi. So if I I think that if any Force Ghost appears, he, uh, the Force Ghost will appear to Kylo because Kylo needs some guidance. Mm. And in that case, it would be 100% Luke. It's not that Yoda appearing would be a bad thing. I just think that this is kind of uh, redundant at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree. Um, what can Yoda actually say to Rey that would be... I mean, this, they certainly could create a reason, but it would be very fan service I suppose. But I mean, not that I'd mind. I wouldn't mind seeing it because I loved, I loved, you know, the Yoda scenes in The Last Jedi were some of my favorite scenes from the film. Um, but I do kind of wonder what there really is to for him to say to her. Aside, I mean, the, the the article makes it certainly makes it sound like it's it's more him acknowledging her as a Jedi, but we, he, he's kind of already done that in the Last Jedi. So yes, exactly. Actually, actually, I think, uh, but this is this is really you know tinfoil <laughs> hat level of speculation. Um, let's consider this. Maybe they are recording or there are some signs that there will be some kind of ghost mm. scene and someone just assumed that oh yeah th this will be yoda definitely because it's some kind of mentor figure that's you know talking about it what if it's actually anakin right that would be interesting and and they're just covering it up for I some reason die. so so no so it won't get out that it's actually not a Yo not yoda but it's another old uh mentor figure and that's Anakin and I think that if Anakin would show up even if Rey knows everything she knows just Anakin showing up and telling her like something like I was saved he can be saved even in the darkest hour something like this and just you know just showing her hey listen just just listen to your instinct uh someone listen to their instinct in a situation like that and now I'm here. Yeah, definitely. I, I think, um, well, Anakin, it, there needs to be at least, if, if Anakin's not going to show up in episode nine, there needs to be some explan explanation as to why he's not um, been in the entire sequel trilogy because he's the main point of episodes one to six. So I feel like he, he needs to kind of tie everything together. I mean, JJ has actually said, you know, episode nine will actually tie the entire nine part series. He needs to. He needs to show up. Uh, I mean, in some form, even if he would be some kind of cut out background voice that would right, still be exactly, great. Yeah, exactly. So, Lawrence Kasdan and John Kasdan had an interview on the Star Wars show. Uh, Tom, do you want to get into that a bit? Of course, I'm actually quite excited about it. I'm quite excited about many things, but uh, I, I just watched the interview for this podcast and because I missed it before, because I thought, well, that, that's probably not very interesting, but it's like, my whole relationship with this movie. Um, basically, this was an interview with John Lawrence Kasdan. Uh, John is, uh, is Lawrence's son. The solo script was... Uh, they were working on a solo script uh, previous to Force Awakens. They were joking about the whole process of Lawrence writing uh, the Force Awakens and all of it. But the thing is that Lawrence specifically asked for John to join him at, uh, in the writing of the script. Uh, this was very important for him and... He didn't write to want to write the script without him. But what I think was the most exciting for me was the fact that they were basically, not directly, but there was a question about whether this is an origin movie or something uh, different. And I got really excited because 
they were not saying that this is an or they were not like saying that oh you know this is how you know just the story of how he turned up mm. or something like this Lawrence said uh, when we meet Han in Star Wars movie for the first time he's this kind of you know cynical guy and they wanted to ask how do you become a cynical guy so it's not really about you know not really just oh okay so he grew up this happened this happened this happened now we are the movie but it's more of a what really uh, made him the way he is then and I mean this sounds like two same things but for me uh, it just shows one very important thing that he can't be completely the same he just can't be uh, the same Han Solo we see in New Hope this is I think the most important thing that we get from this interview but this is just my opinion that this is not a movie about you know oh we will we'll see uh, Han, Han Solo again you know this is cool young Han Solo but it's like this is the person that changed to Han Solo next uh, there were some kind of comments uh, that actually the, the funny thing is that there are lines for Chewie uh, they written actually li actual lines for Chewie mostly so uh, Alden uh, and other uh, mostly for, for Alden to understand what Chewie is actually saying to him so there are actually lines than just some interpretations of uh, growls of of his language but but actual lines and from what they said that this actually made uh, this, their their friendship genuine. And that's pretty exciting. They talk about other characters. They talk about L3. They talk about Kira. They talk about Lando and Fiznes and Beckett. They really love L3. <laughs> they mention mention her uh, throughout the interview. There was the there was great focus on her because apparently L3 will be most of the uh, Lando's character arc. So. We also know that it actually made me interested because Enfys Nest, apparently, from what I see, um, will be um, opposite to 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 Beckett because uh, Beckett is the leader of this this team and Enfys Nest is the rival, the competitor to to their team. So they will probably be um, comp uh, competing for whatever they need to steal or catch. Or I think that it's quite interesting uh, because maybe Enfys Nest is also some kind of mentor character for someone else I think maybe because if they are competing with each other and they're the opposites maybe there will be some kind of twist or maybe if um, for example Beckett will betray Han then maybe uh, Enfys Nest will be Han's ally. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I agree. Um, I think Enfys Nest could play a massive role in Han's character development one way or the other. The one thing I did notice in the interview which I found quite interesting was how apparently Kira had known Han since childhood, which is interesting to me. Uh, I, th I remember reading, and it's probably it's probably not true, but I remember reading like a theory um, that maybe they were actually siblings, which would be interesting, and because maybe... Beckett would be Han's mentor, and Enfys Nest could be Kira's. I don't know. That That is completely based on speculation, but it wouldn't be the strangest thing. You know, Star Wars is quite often about family and parallels within that family, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited for the film now, and I think this interview has actually made me even more excited, so that's, that's all good stuff. Uh, I just want to 
fanboy for a little bit here on uh, what is it, Elite L three three seven? Yes. Um, yes, uh, so much. Just so the, the character concept much. is is amazing. Um, you know, a droid with uh, a little personality. Uh, of course, we get to see that you know all the time, but here you've got one that's uh, upgrading itself. Uh, that's that's pretty awesome. Oh, I'm just excited for the um, accompanying novel, uh, Most Wanted, that's going to be about Kira and Han's childhood, I think. Oh, interesting. So, um, I think it's coming out the same week as the solo movie, so it's going to be pretty cool. So the next bit of news is from thathashtagshow.com, and they've reported that JJ and his casting agent are looking for a female lead between the 40 and 50 age range. The role is titled Mara. Now, to anyone that's at least a little bit familiar with Legends, I'm sure that name rings uh, many bells. And that, of course, is Mara Jade, Luke Skywalker's wife. So <laughs> this could mean many things. I'd imagine it is a, a cover name for something. And I don't know if it's a troll or or if it actually if it has some sort of relevance. But... For me, it would either mean that it would be Luke Skywalker's wife, if he had a wife, which I really don't want, to be honest with you, or it would be Rey's mother, if they somehow work, because I don't, you know, a lot of people have have speculated that Rey's parentage story isn't over yet, and there's still more to tell, and if Rey had some um, reconciliation to do with her parents in, in any way, shape or form, that could be interesting to see that i don't know why it would be titled mara please don't be luke skywalker's daughter um <laughs> but you know so i don't know um but what do you what do you guys think well sorry for stealing the spotlight again but i just really need to speak up about it because i read about it uh completely separately like yesterday today or yesterday i don't remember it. My, my my time gets blurry considering time zones um basically i think that this is all just a huge troll uh, in that, I'm just looking at narrative that is currently going on around the attitude towards the uh, opinions about the Last Jedi. Like there was this interview with uh, Ryan and Mark, and they were like, "Yeah, we're killing the, your childhood, whatever." <laughs> I feel like I, I thought about it. We we even talked about it with Bly a bit. Um, basically, my opinion is that this character might be actually called Mara. Uh, she might even look like Mara from Legends, but I have, I'm 100% positive that it won't be Mara Jade. <laughs> it will, she will be called Mara, uh, but it won't be Mara Jade. It will be just, you know, mystery box, all of it. Uh, just some kind of red herring. Um, the idea that it might be Ray's mother is really cool, but if we go with the uh, Kyla's version of things. So she's just some kind of, you know, drunk gambler and Ray might, uh, right, like meeting her, Ray accepting this, just peacefully accepting it, not just, you know, just understanding that this is some kind of different woman, that this is not some, she may be her mother, but she refu- she, she she just, through her away, but also like being, uh, like if Ray will become for her mother what Ray wanted from her mother. It would be nice to, uh, even if it's in like some sort of force vision or, or something like that, 
just showing that Ray has maybe forgiven her or accepted what is the truth. Um, I think that would be quite. I think that's important to see because we've we've yes. seen her kind of. She wasn't in denial when Kyla was telling her, but she was obviously very upset. I mean, as you would be. Um, but it would be nice for a growth, I think, to see some acceptance and and you know maybe even forgiveness. Um, because I think the I think a big part of of Ben's arc will be him forgiving his parents. And I think it would be cool to parallel that by showing Ray forgiving hers. So I'm definitely, definitely open for that. Um, I think it would be cool. I mean, it, of course, it doesn't have to be Marjade or anything. But if this person is, you know, sort of the motherly figure that will be missing in episode nine, I don't know how they would do that because it would be a brand new character. But I mean, if it could be a motherly figure, um, or maybe even Ahsoka. I know that's so like oh, that would be just... far from. <laughs> I know that's like so far from like probably yeah. what they would do, but yeah. I would be excited if Ahsoka shows up in episode. I think um, mm-hmm. I can't see Ahsoka showing up, but um, yeah, I personally. I mean, I don't know if I would object or not, but I mean, that's a, that's an entirely different uh, topic. Uh, Lai, you're the only one here that has read the latest novel, The Last Shot, by Daniel jose older um do you want to give a quick synopsis of that without any spoilers of course yes so this novel follows han solo after the battle of endor he is now the husband to senator leia organa father to ben solo and is trying to figure out how he ended up where he is the call of adventure uh beckons when longtime friend lando calrissian needs han's help to stop Fisengor, a Palin gangster from unleashing death and chaos um so i did read this book and i loved it um i thought the characterization of han leon londo was on point and i thought the language of the novel was really intriguing and exciting so i do recommend it if you guys want to check it out no i'm uh, i'm definitely gonna gonna pick it up at some point um it sounds like it's a brilliant way of bridging the gap from Return of the Jedi Han to where he is in The Force Awakens. Um, from from the very little I've heard of it, um, I know it does, without getting into spoilers, it does comment on his relationship with his son, Ben. And as we know how that ends, it's not too great. But I am super excited to, to read this book. Um, so that wraps up the news section of this week's podcast. And now we're on to the speculation segment. The very first topic we're going to discuss is the Finding Camino topic of this week, which is who are the Knights of Ren, where are they now, and where will they appear in episode 9? This is obviously a big theory up for debate. The Knights of Ren were obviously shown very briefly in The Force Awakens in a flashback sequence when Rey touched the Skywalker Saber, and they haven't been really seen or heard from since, so we don't really know where they are or even if they're still alive. Um, The... Last Jedi may have given us some clues. Um, they they may have been Luke's students, although that might go against what has been previously said about them by JJ and Adam Driver. What do you guys think? Do you think they're Luke's students? Actually, I think that yes. Mostly because of the fact that otherwise what happened to Luke's students? Did they just, you know, go back to Space Kansas and started, uh, I don't know, you know, just... Uh, making a living by you know, working star Starbucks or space Starbucks or something like this. I think that otherwise, if they are not, 
what's the point of Luke's students that followed Kylo? Right, you, you should have just killed them off. I mean, if if yeah. if none of them if none of them were gonna be the Knights of Ren, it would make sense if he just killed them off to me. Yeah, I don't think we got an Anakin like scene saying he killed all the children. Right, exactly. Yeah, no, I think uh, it, it makes certainly the most sense that uh, they would be uh, other students that were, you know, uh, disillusioned as well. Um, there's been a lot of commentary, I think, on as to why they didn't show up in The Last Jedi. You know, that that is uh, lamentable. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I definitely hope that uh, J.J. has something worked out to... I mean, I, I doubt that they go into explaining exactly why they were missing, but maybe you know bring them back and flesh them out i i you know i'm waiting for those black series figures man <laughs> yeah i think that would be nice my personal theory is that they are actually dead at this point in the story uh which i know a lot of people don't want because i know a lot of people want to see the knights are in action but to me it, it just makes too much sense that they're not in the picture anymore because if you think about it from where ben is at in the force awakens and last jedi he is a very very lonely sad young man like he is not yeah he is not happy and what mm -hmm. you, you know if these were six students that were so loyal to ben that they chose to follow him into the depths of the first order and supremely to snoke these guys were and girls were probably his brothers and sisters almost to him and i just think that he's too he seems too lonely to me he's so desperate for someone to reach out to his calls that he'll go to Ray, and if the Knights of Ren is still alive, I just personally, I can't see him being like that. He would have at least some sort of family that they would be like his family. So it just makes too much sense to me that they aren't around anymore. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you guys think they're alive or dead? I think that they're alive. Uh, I mean, no, honestly, I don't really care that much. Both of the options are good. But I think that just because they are alive doesn't mean that uh, Kylo is in any relationship with them. I had this idea that there, every Knight of Ren might have their own reason for following Kylo. It, it doesn't have to be that they are all loyal. Maybe someone was afraid. Uh, maybe someone was disillusioned with how force works or maybe someone just wanted power for himself and just to do some things and uh, maybe someone was actually maybe even you know worshipping Kylo in some way as a you know uh, descendant from Vader and but it's it's still it's still not a close relationship it's it's still something that would might make him feel lonely and I, I think that in this way for example the way that Snoke's calls uh, Kylo with this kind of, you know, this kind of uh, you know, master of Ren, this kind of, you know, disdain for the title, mm. uh, in my opinion. It might mean that Kylo, by becoming a real leader for them and not being able to really train them, distance himself from them, or maybe in another way, they distance him themselves from him and they just went their own ways. So he is a leader of Knights of Ren, but Knights of Ren are not following him actually. Right, they're doing their own they're doing their own thing. Yeah. And I think that, that would be that would be you know, because when you look at Knights of Ren uh, from the vision from Ray's vision, they're all very individual. They're all very different. 
uh, they have different uh, armors, they, they, they have different different skills, definitely, which means that they're individuals, so they're not just following someone. I, they wouldn't create them as some kind of, uh, you know, silent followers, because then they would be just like Praetorians. They would be just standing in the background, fighting for him and doing their things. And I think that the fact that maybe they left for one reason, but I, I think that they wouldn't make them so different and so distinct uh, to just make them blind followers of uh, of Kylo. I think that this is the reason that they are not here because they are just doing their own stuff and not really, uh, not really. Maybe they're embody. Maybe if they had some kind of idea be behind being Knights of Ren, I think that by embodying this idea kylo they 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 just they just realize that this is maybe not exactly for them and this is why kylo is a leader and they are estranged what if uh just pure speculation here um what if they are guarding the dark side force knowledge that could be yeah that could definitely be it i mean or if they're out searching for like artifacts or something but to me i just here's to me, the, the main problem, like I've said, with them being alive for me, and, you know, and that, that was a perfectly good counter, Tom, you know, that maybe they weren't um, they weren't actually doing it for Ben, but rather themselves. Um, I just, I just, I don't know. I mean, for my, here's, here's my, my personal theory for the Knights of Ren um, is pretty much this. So when Ben gets, you know, in his head, well, when, when Luke attempts to murder him in his sleep and he crashes the the building down around him and leaves Luke for dead. Um, I would imagine that he probably wasn't in the best state of mind. And the other Jedi, let's say there was about 12 of them, because I think Luke said he took on another dozen, right? The other Jedi came out and looked at the scene, looked at Ben, and were like, what's happened? What's, you know, where is Luke? Yeah. And he would have gone, he's just tried to murder me in my sleep. Now... I think the some of the some of the Jedi would have been like, "Hang on a minute, why would Luke try to murder you in your sleep? I think you're you're lying there. I think something. I think you've tried to kill him, and something's gone yeah. wrong, and you're trying to feed us with with lies." And some of them who were probably you know closer to Ben and, and more you know more friends with him would have been like, "Well, hang on, why would, Ben wouldn't lie? Like you know this is." And then it could have been it could have come down to a fight um, between them. Now. We we know that we know that Snoke wanted Ben. We know Snoke wanted Ben, but we've never had any inkling that he wanted any of these other Jedi to show up uh, and and confuse things, right? Because he wants Ben's complete and utter loyalty and obedience. He doesn't mm -hmm. want anyone else in the picture. He doesn't want his father. He doesn't want Ray. He doesn't want Luke. He doesn't want Leia. He just wants he just wants Ben to have complete subservience to him. So when I can imagine when Ben shows up with these six other Jedi, that he's like, you know, we. We just we killed Luke and the other Jedi. Where do we do go? I can't imagine Snoke was too over the moon with them being there. And I I really like the idea that I think and I think it adds certain certain weight to a line in The Force Awakens as well. I really like the idea that Snoke um, tricked Kylo into thinking that the Knights of Ren were going to turn against him or were turning against him or defecting in some way, and Ben was basically forced to kill them. And this is this is the reason why I think that it, it adds weight to a line in Episode Seven when Snoke goes, you know, ev when he's talking about Han Solo specifically, he goes, "Even you, Master of the Knights of Ren, have never faced such a test." So he's basically saying to Kylo that 
you killing your six best friends was nothing. You know, I know you, I know you thought that was bad, but this is nothing compared to what it's going to be like to kill your own father. So he's kind of like rubbing salt in the wound of, of Ben Solo. And I think that that would, would tie him really well. But um, yeah, th- that's just my thoughts. Yeah, that sounds good. I'll go with that from now on. <laughs> I will, I will I definitely keep to the idea that this is how the uh, massacre at Luke's Academy went. Uh, I just can't believe the fact that he just went on a murder spree because I don't think that he was at this mine. Basically, uh, this definitely went like this. This definitely went like some of the Jedi were like, what the, what the hell did you do? What, what, what happened? Why did you kill him? Murder snake. Yes. And they started attacking him. Someone was like, wait, wait, wait. Let's just, let's just think for a moment. Uh, some definitely didn't want to uh, interfere. And I think that... Um, but I do disagree with the fact that Kylo killed them because then it would be like they were just some dudes that were killed and I don't think that there would be any reason to show them to really show their real armors and all of it if if they were just there to for 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 Kylo to be killed your best evidence is uh on that front is they haven't sold any toys <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean this is this is an important thing to, to mention like right so uh, uh, they I think that they will show up in some way maybe if we go with this idea that in 9 uh, Kylo will be you know the uh, emperor right right and we get to this idea that um, he might not be have the same motivation as the first order definitely not i think that knights of ren returning and being like hey man you are not you're not snoke's puppet that's nice to hear uh so we'll have some business to (laughs) do yeah i actually sorry uh, sorry for interrupting but i i do really like that because maybe they left because of snoke and maybe yes. now, now that Snoke's gone, they're like, "Hey, buddy, you know what's been going on?" This this works exactly exactly uh, with the line of my idea that they are very individualistic, that they are very have their own own opinions, own motivations, own ways of doing things, and sudden and they might have you know, yeah, sure, of course, be our master, sure, do whatever Snoke is telling you, just change one tyrant to another tyrant, like. If Rey is new Jedi, right? So mm. in the way that she has, she, she she's the Jedi that they should be. In my opinion, uh, Knights of Ren might be new followers of this idea of complete individualism, complete ego, like this egotism, like completely egoist, egoistic uh individual individualism and now snoke is out of there so they are like oh oh hey man so you follow us you follow us now can we can we join in and they might be uh like this way of creating some kind of opposition to to kylo on his own side i think right this kind of i kind of understand that this kind of undermines Hugs, and I really want hugs to be a bigger thing, but... Yeah. And, yeah, maybe they don't hold any antagonism to Ben at all. Maybe they simply... Because if you think about it under the under the lens that, you know, they were just Jedi that, that, that went off with him because there was nowhere else to go. Um, yes. 
And then when they saw that what Snoke was doing and what the First Order was, they were like, we can't stand by and, and be part of this. Like, we understand that, you know, <laughs> you, that you, um, you feel like you have to, but we personally can't. And they kind of mm-hmm. left. And now that Snoke's out of the picture, they might actually return to Ben and be like, we exactly. want to, you know, they might not, they, it could be a complete, a complete friendly offer. They could just be like, look, we mm-hmm. want to, we want to help you out again. And maybe, you know, if uh, there is a possible theory that, that Ray will be training Jedi in episode nine, personally, I don't want that, but it is, it is a theory going around. And maybe, maybe at the end to show some sort of balance, the Knights of Ren and the new Jedi may actually join forces. I think that could be a, a a possibly nice thing to see um i definitely do think they're luke's other students um and i subscribe to the idea that why they're not present in the first order right now is because i you know kylo is the mystical side of the first order yeah. right and hux is the military side and i feel like since snoke is similar to the sith that um you know it seems like he's a very ancient being um, and so, or he is an ancient being and it, it would make sense to me that they're out searching for, of course, like mystical or like force knowledge and force artifacts and holocrons and all these things. And that's why he's, they're not present with Kylo and it could work in tandem with your loneliness, um, theory because maybe Kylo hasn't seen them in a long time because Snoke has kept them busy and kept them away from Kylo, you know, and so maybe that is why he's so lonely. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, you could definitely take them out of the picture without actually killing them off and then have them come back in. Uh, personally, I just I, maybe call me a sadist, but I, I do kind of want them to be dead, simple for the fact that that how broken Kylo seems in episode seven and eight, and how desperate he is for companionship. But this is lazy, <laughs> in my opinion. Like, just kill them off, okay? They are not here, so, you know, he's lonely because there is no one literally here. And if they were alive, they would be here. I think that the fact that they are alive, but they abandoned him, is much stronger, in my opinion. Mm. Also, I really like what you said, Lai, and I would say even more. Maybe, just looking at it from a different perspective, maybe they did not abandon Kylo because of Snoke, but maybe they uh, they didn't abandon Kylo because he was um, like influenced by Snoke, but maybe the other way, maybe they abandoned Kylo for Snoke and they were doing his bidding, just like Kylo was doing his own bidding, they were doing his bidding. And now when Snoke is uh, gone, they will come to Kylo asking, okay, so you're a supreme leader now. I'm, we are waiting orders, you know. Right, because... Uh... There, there were in the Finding Camino post, there were a couple folks who thought, you know, it doesn't make sense that they would be Luke's students. So just on that notion alone, let's say maybe they are some folks that Snoke got together and uh, Kylo happens to be the best of them. Right. And, and we do know, we, we did discuss last week about the Acolytes of the Beyond. Um, who were basically Vader worshippers, and I, I have seen the theory floating around that they are actually they are actually the acolytes of the Beyond, and that is the reason why they might cons- you know value Ben so highly because they may even believe that he is the reincarnation of Vader, which you know, I mean that that could be cool. Um, but the one thing the one thing that does kind of get confusing when you say they're Luke students because the thing is, JJ and Adam Driver have said that they were an order. That, that that were around before Kylo Ren, so 
I do have an idea of how they can tie these both in together because I, I do strongly believe that the Knights of Ren are Luke's students. Um, but we knew we know, or I don't think it's it's impossible to assume that Ben was quite a. In fact, I think I think J.J. Abrams might have even said it that he was a bit of a history buff and liked to explore like the secrets of the Force and the knowledge that it held. And it's possible that he discovered this ancient order called the Knights of Ren. And maybe he felt some similarities between what happened to the Knights of Ren and what happened to him. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe Ren was this this Jedi that was uh, exiled or um, was uh, attempted to be killed by the other Jedi because of whatever. Well, I'm thinking because um, Ren. I mean, we saw the mural of the Prime Jedi on Act 2, right? And that was revealed in the Visual Dictionary, I believe. And the Prime Jedi mm -hmm. was uh, the first Jedi of the Jedi Order who balanced the light and the dark. And and I don't know, this this is this is Tinfoil Hat again, but Rey, Ren is very... It, it's, it's like the, the, the joining of names between Rey and Ben. And if you... Consider Ray and Ben to be the avatars of light and dark, Ray being light, Ben being dark. Ren would kind of be this being that is both of them. And we saw the Prime Jedi, and that was half light and half dark, which implies that the original Jedi teachings were about balance between those two things. So if Ray and Ben have some sort of relation to Ren, balancing the light and dark, I think that could be pretty damn cool to to see but um yeah so the knights of ren could have actually been an order that existed long before the events of the main saga took place and ben may have just taken on the mantle for himself and his fellow knights that were excluded or you know or maybe they were just some guys that they made up and didn't know what to do with them and <laughs> let's hope not <laughs> let's really hope not that would be That's bad a bit writing. cynical but it might happen <laughs> well, the one thing that does make me hopeful is that JJ was asked a while ago about what spin-off anthology movie he'd like to do, and he said he'd really like to see a Knights of Ren movie, and now that he's at the helm for episode 9, it wouldn't be too much to assume that he might be, um, he might bring the Knights of Ren back to some degree, or at least acknowledge them. I know Ryan did com contemplate using them, but he said it would be a bit too messy to have them be the Praetorian Guards because, you know... Ben would just be killing his his friends or his allies to save Ray, and it would it just makes it cleaner for them to be these kind of like faceless uh, goons of Snoke. Um, yeah, I actually prefer that. I would be a bit sad if you know we have these Knights of Ren, we don't know what's happening to them, we just lost Snoke, which is oh fine, which is fine. Don't don't get me wrong, but Snoke and Knights of Ren just killed off at the same time. Yeah, and it's and it's kind of like that would be a bit of an overkill. It's kind of like Ben killing his mates for a girl. It's a bit, <laughs> it messes things up. Yeah, a bit, I think. Um, yeah, Snoke Snoke is one thing, but Knights of Ren, where you don't really know anything about them, I don't think so. Definitely, and there wouldn't be enough place in this movie to explore Knights of Ren at the same I time. I definitely I agree. Think. The next topic is the balance and the dangers of tolerating evil in the sequel trilogy by Paradus Cat on the Speculations subreddit. Uh, Lai, do you want to talk about that a bit? 
Yes, so in this thread, the um, Pardiscat uh, points out that possibly another one of the themes of the sequel trilogy is the dangers of tolerating evil and how our beloved characters, or not beloved, pay for that later on. So uh, Pardiscat uh, pointed out three great examples for this speculation. They talked about Han and Leia and the influence of Snoke on Ben and how because of their inaction, Luke had to be the one to address the dark influence on Ben and, you know, what happened. He almost killed Ben, aka Kylo Ren, and so that pushed him uh, further into the dark side. Um, the New Republic disarming their fleet, which is mentioned in novels and in comics, um, despite the First Order reforming from, from the remnants of the Empire. And um, as we know, uh, the New Republic leadership was wiped out by the First Order on Starkiller Base. Um, and then the third example is Finn's journey about choosing a side rather than subscribing to both sides. R rather than subscribing to the, to the idea that both sides are the same. Um, I did want to add my own example um, with Rey and Kylo. So Rey did see the conflict in Good and Kylo, but failed to recognize his commitment to his own path. And that he wasn't just going to follow Rey back to the resistance. And he did counter-offer his hand to her to rule the galaxy together. But both the First Order and the resistance paid for that later on when Kylo unleashes his fury on the Battle of Krayt. Um, And I feel like if Kylo came back with Rey to the resistance, it would have been similar to the ending of the Lost Stars novel. When Thane rescued Sienna from the Star Destroyer that was about to crash into Jakku but she ended up in the rebellion prison for being a military leader in the empire. So I really like this post because it, it's, it talks about a theme that we don't really think about, right? Tolerating evil and, and us not doing something about it. And I feel like another point that this post made was about the, the spiritual message of the balance of the force, right? Um, and how that kind of is a lot more gray than the, than this theme of tolerating evil. And to me, the balance of the force is uh, recognizing, I mean, we have the good in us, but also recognizing the the darker thoughts and behaviors that we might have, um, which I think are intrusive thoughts, but still choosing the right thing to do and still being a good person despite having selfish choices and shortcuts right in front of you. So what did you guys think about this? I mean, this just screams to me prequel trilogy what arose to Anakin's fall to the dark side and the fall of the Jedi in general, where the Jedi kind of refused to acknowledge the dark side within themselves and what was growing, and thus it, it consumed them. Um, I've seen a lot of discussion about balance, and, you know, I've seen a lot of people say the dark and the light, you know, they shouldn't come together, it wouldn't make any sense, it would be grey Jedi, it would be nonsense. Um, and I think that people, in my opinion, look at it the wrong way, I don't think it's about oh I'm good but I can still use force lightning. Um, doesn't doesn't work like that. I think the true balance comes from allowing these emotions to allowing allowing yourself to feel emotions and acknowledging the fact that you have them, but not letting yourself be consumed by them either. And that is the perfect balance of of light and dark in my eyes. So I think that in that that. What what this post is is kind of saying is that the that everyone was kind of not acknowledging this evil that was growing 
and thus it consumed them because they weren't acknowledging that and I feel like that can be a metaphor to yes, the Jedi. absolutely agree. Um, this is uh, basically all of the balance was uh, explained in the uh, last Yoda arc on Clone Wars. Um, I think and just what you explained and what uh, Pardoscat uh, wrote down it's just exactly I think what 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 the message of force means that it's not about the fact it's not about denying that you know denying everything that's uh, about you like it's not about you know when you have desires whatever the desires are even if they're completely innocent if you just do whatever you want and just you know follow every single desire you will be destructive and auto-destructive uh, if you completely deny yourself those desires or whatever you know the darker thoughts or something like this uh if you deny them then they will just eat you from inside like uh, either figuratively or like with for, for example jedi just becoming blind to 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 what's happening or literally when suddenly Republic is has fallen to, to Sith Lord. Or the pub or New Republic is destroyed by First Order. So I absolutely agree. Um, I think that this is all more about understanding what is important, understanding what is destructive, and just being reasonable about your feelings and about what's happening about dangers and not just you know blindly following one path but just being reasonable so i was thinking about this in a literal sense because in the dark disciple novel when sorry this is spoilers but when in the dark disciple novel when they rescue jedi master quinlan voss um ventress his uh his partner his bounty hunter partner slash lover sensed this great darkness in him when they were going back to coruscant uh to the jedi council but anakin and obi-wan couldn't sense the darkness in him they just thought that she was exaggerating that she wasn't sensing that she was so blinded by her feelings by quinlan that whatever darkness she felt was a personal feeling and not actually the force but because um anakin and obi-wan wanted so badly for quinlan to of course not be influenced by the dark side and just be the good guy that they knew he was before he left them um, they were blinded by their own uh feelings and um sort of imposed that Quinlan Voss was totally fine and nothing was wrong with him and in the end uh, again spoilers in the end uh, he actually was under the influence of the dark side so there's also mm. that so again it's, it's showing that you know ignoring your dark side is gonna corrupt you eventually and also that your personal feeling, your personal feelings, are still the force, are still some insight. So, it's not only about denying the darkness inside you, but also uh, is is wrong. But also that denying the personal feelings, your intuition, the 
you know the your person your your gut feeling is is not bad at all it's sometimes it allows you to see more like with ray who starts to see uh light in kylo ren or like luke who just went in with the fact that because he loved his father he at least you know he understood that he may he went with that personal feeling and because of that he was able to find light in someone else um i you know it's uh it's a pretty pretty big subject to broach i think uh when you're talking about uh, the direction the movies are taking um there's even folks you know i I, i'm always working from a place now right where uh, of kylo's eventual redemption although i don't know how that's going to work you know in in one movie exactly um but working under that that assumption right and so um when you start going down that road you have folks saying you know you're apologizing or you're an apologist for what he's done or this or that and you know um how can how can somebody who's done so much bad stuff be you know be a good guy or have redemption? Um, but uh, you know I, I don't think that sends you know a great message. So uh, as far as um, the direction that uh, that you know the they go uh, with the dark side in regards to balance, um, you know I I would hope it, it does have more to do with you know as some of you guys already referenced you know just. Uh, ability to sort of harness your emotions and and uh you know obviously there's that sense of compassion that you have to have um for you know life as it were but uh but beyond that you know i i don't know i i think uh jj has a lot on his plate for episode nine let's put it that way yes. he has a lot on his uh, plate just just to just to um maybe um expand on what i said in regards to what you said because i definitely agree with you um thing is that it's definitely not about just harness just you know using your emotions i i'm i'm strong opponent of this kind of you know edgy uh, anime gray jedi who just you know uh, kick a puppy one, at one moment just so they can heal someone with force at second moment right. and something like this you know I, I think that this is not about redemption it's not about lack of consequence and I think that this is a very important thing to mention and it's never said that you know Vader was magically good uh, it's just that in the end, Vader choose to be good. It doesn't just, you know, make him a good guy. It just makes him a human. It makes him a person. And I think with Ben, we will never have this kind of oh now he's a good, now he's a good guy. Uh, I think that it will all it will always come back to the fact that it's as long as you are not lost completely. As long as there is something pulling you back, you can do the one right thing at this one right moment that will change everything. And this is why I think that either Kylo will die or uh, he'll become this kind of uh, runaway uh, recluse that will just, you know, go in his own way and, and still face some consequences, definitely. Um, 
in either this kind of accepted loneliness or maybe you know shared loneliness with with uh, with with Ray or in well death you know this is the ultimate uh, consequence I, for everyone I don't know whether I agree with that I think that balance is all about finding inner peace and to me to me if he if he feels the need to go and if he feels the only way to right his wrongs is to literally go out and become a recluse and never really fully be at rest with the actions he's committed he's only running away from from himself i'm not saying no no no. you misunderstood me i'm not saying that this will be the way he'll be he this will be the way of his redemption his redemption would be definitely something else it, mu it must be something of consequence uh, i'm saying about the about you know because i'm, I'm putting away the, the the redemption for a moment because i think that he will be there will be a redemption he will do something uh good in some way something that will save lots of people maybe the whole galaxy i'm talking about the fact that it doesn't mean that he will be magically made a good guy that he that everything everything bad that he did will be magically uh restored how it was restored yes exactly i'm saying that this will that this recluse this as i said accepted uh loneliness because now he's not in a state of accepted loneliness he's now in a state of desperate uh, desperately looking for for love or for acceptance um but this kind of now he's like okay i i did wrong i need to pay for this in some way uh, i need to do this i need to make amendments i need to because the difference between going to recluse like uh like luke and uh, is that luke was not at peace luke just hid and felt that this was you know right thing up to do but with what i propose is that kylo might go there just to you know pay for not, not, not pay just to you know this is not i, I shouldn't do this I, I should go away and i should le leave everyone for themselves because i know that they won't accept me and uh, i don't want i don't want them to you know love me because of my evil things and i think that this way you know this kind of going to you know, going to the sunset and like ray going with him saying I understand they will not be able to accept you and no one should should expect them to accept you but i accept you we are together you you know you are something for me and both of them just going away from the big lives just into you know peaceful existence with each other as i think this will be the final balance the light accepting its darkness but also understanding what needs to be done so they will both go away and accept it and just not for not like pay, still paying the price for what was done um for me it's the whole kind of premise of ben solo's arc is bringing bringing him home um and okay yeah i mean there is like definitions on what home is right i mean you know home can mean def many different things to many different people but i just think that if he, if he personally for me if he's just living in a constant state of atonement he's never really come into peace with 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 what he's done the moment when he and ray will be able to go off into the sunset will be the moment of the acceptance needed for balance 
So redemption first, fixing things, amendments, and then to fully bring the balance, the acceptance of everything. Maybe acceptance of his death during sacrifice, for example. The fact that if, if, he, if he would die in some way, if, if Kylo will be able to die with this, yes, this is where I will end, this is my moment, I don't care about anything else, I just need to accept who I am, and I am the one who is making the sacrifice, for example, or something like this. Sure, sure. I think that Rey, in some way, pulling the trigger and accepting this would also be a way to, you know, balance it out. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm more into the riding off into the sunset ending because I think this is more into this, you know, making something new, not just rehashing the Return of the Jedi ending, but actually they will have some kind of happy ending, but it will be bittersweet in a way that now, yes, they, they, will, they, they will now happily live ever after, you know, happily live somewhere away from everyone just being happy with each other and the galaxy can you know heal their wounds and just remember that to not do the same thing again yeah no i can, I can buy that so really quickly just wanted to go over the poe dameron comic here the newest issue 26 that was just released it offered us uh the perspective of poe and what he was off to during uh some of the events of the force awakens and in this issue, uh, we have the three main heroes uh, having a brief conversation. We have Leia sending uh, Poe off onto his mission to go and retrieve the map to Luke Skywalker. And uh, we get reluctant Finn asking him some questions, you know, about how he was able to escape the uh, TIE fighter as they were crashing down on Jakku. Uh, got a good little laugh there. Um, he uh, marveled his way out of that ship and sort of crash-landed there without any sort of protection, which was interesting. The Force works in mysterious ways, folks. From there, uh, going forward, he was able to uh, meet a local uh, that Ray was familiar with who offered him a lift based off of some smooth talking on Poe's part, which was, you know, which was nice seeing a little bit of that charisma charm being used out there to get himself up. But uh, we got also the motto of Jakku there in that brief section. So uh, nothing for nothing, guys. So Jakku is a pretty cutthroat place. Uh, but Ray has a moment there where, um, you know, after some... Uh, heroics by Poe and he's able to get them to escape in a slower ship using some piloting skills. Ray sort of laments after the folks that uh, he was eventually able to get a ship to, you know, get off the planet uh, from. So it, had he stolen a ship, she's sort of sad to think of what might have happened to the folks on Jakku. So I think Ray sort of sees Jakku, uh, there's that sort of it offers that dichotomy of uh, light versus dark where you have sort of some cutthroat, uh, you know, action going on, but you still have, um, obviously, you know, you have folks doing their best and trying to survive. So you can't just sort of cast off or dismiss any sort of places, you know, one way or the other. Um, but uh, going forward, he was able to get uh, off of Jakku, obviously, and Leia has a, a moment with him, which is, it's always nice to see her uh, her character popping up here. But uh, they have a trace on Poe's ship here on Takadana, so uh, we should be picking up there uh, and getting the rest of his sort of uh, backstory as to 
where he was during the you know the course of the Force Awakens. Um, but with that said, there were some interesting things to see in there. Um, little little notes here. I know some of you guys noticed some some interesting little tidbits here in the comic. Uh, Tom, did you, was there anything you wanted to mention? Uh, yes, I think that um, the most fun thing, and I, it mostly reinforces what was already stated in The Last Jedi, uh, was the fact that many people are friendly towards resistance. They're sympathizers. Even if they're not like openly open supporters, they are still sympathizers. And what I think is that it just shows that Luke's mm, legend, the, the fact that he showed up and he did an epic thing, this might be exactly the small push most of them needed to become like open supporters uh, or even join resistance. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Poe, as you know, the way he sort of got himself a ride or a lift to the nearest city was in sort of expressing uh, to Naka it that uh, maybe the world shouldn't work so cutthroat as it is you know already on Jakku and the character obviously agreed being a, a good a good guy or a, you know a good Samaritan in that in that situation so it's it's definitely emblematic of there's this sort of countercurrent of the what what the resistance represents is sort of not hope I mean hope for a better, lack of a better word but the idea that things don't need to be the way they are necessarily. Right. I, also, I also noticed that the author really loves uh, drawing hands. Just like a certain director likes to focus on hands. Yeah. <laughs> the Speaking of the art, I love, uh, and you know, I, I love the Poe comics. They, they're definitely out there. And as you know, I, I like the weird stuff in Star Wars, but uh, <laughs> I gotta say, I, I love the, the facial expressions on the characters um they don't always seem to match with sort of what they're saying that might just be me but if you if you run across finn uh, or ray in some of the early panels man it, yes. it is it's comical the one um facial expression i really did like from the comic though there's a, a part in the comic where you know he says he says to leia in like the flashback you know it'll be easy and then it cuts to him saying it was not, and he looks like he's aged about twenty years. It really <laughs> does kind of show how much Poe has grown over the over the small time in between pre Force Awakens and post Last Jedi. He's, he's he's grown a lot as a character, which is really cool to see. I don't know if you guys are gonna expand on it, but I just wanted to say that I thought it was hilarious that they had like a strip where both Finn and Ray talked about sand, and you know prequel. I didn't, I didn't so. notice that. I went right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought it was hilarious that they included that, and um, I don't know if Fuel's going to talk about it, but when Leia said that the end of the Forced Order was going to come from Jakku, I just wanted to... Yeah, I, that felt a little... I mean, it was, it was nice. It was a little fourth Wally to me, um, but it was it was nice to see her, you know, she sort of acknowledged that, or they, they acknowledged that in this case, the catalyst for what they were their efforts was coming from the place where the empire had, you know, re reached its destruction. And as Star Wars is wont to do, it was mm. poetic in that sense. So yeah. Leia kind of commenting on it was very interesting. Yeah, I love that. Uh, the last thing I'd like to mention, though, is that may have may not have been unless it was artistic license, but it wasn't really so evident in the movie, at least for me, was the fact that the crystal is clearly shown to be yes. split down the well, not or at least close to being split down the middle. Um, mm -hmm. on the lightsaber, whereas in the film it kind of looked like the crystal was still intact completely. So that's certainly interesting if they've chosen to make that the case, because 
I don't know. I don't know what that could represent. Is Ray gonna have an unstable lightsaber blade? Is she gonna? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, are Kylo and, and Ray gonna uh, merge their lightsaber crystals together to, to form a whole one? <laughs> I don't know. But it's purple one. You split the crystal and you get yeah. two mini sabers. I don't know. I mean, yeah, two, two mini sabers. Maybe that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Or maybe you know it'd be like a little. Uh, maybe she can make a staff two sides of the crystal. Who knows? But uh, I certainly found that was interesting. Does anyone have th anything else to say about the Poe comic? I don't think so. Just some small things. Poe is losing ships one by one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that might have been my favorite panel. Uh, Finn saying, maybe Ray's the best <laughs> <Yeah>. pilot. <laughs> yes. Yeah, all in all, I think it was just really nice to see the three main heroes kind of just chatting and having a bit of downtime. Chilling. Because we haven't seen that in the movies yet, so that was that was kind of cool to see. And it certainly fit fit in the comic format. So, starting the community segment, this is the chance for you guys to get in touch with us and maybe ask us some questions or we spotlight certain parts of the community that we feel are worthy of that. going to start by answering a couple of questions posted by the community. And the first question, posted by Anonymous, is... Did Shmi and Qui-Gon have an affair during the events of The Phantom Menace? What do you guys think? I'm oh, not man. sure. No. <laughs> I, I mean... During the events of the movie? Maybe before? I don't, I don't know. Not not during the movie, though. Unless I missed something. No, I don't think you, I don't yes. think you missed anything at all. Maybe they had, like, like a drunk one-night stand and he just doesn't, doesn't remember her name. How would it be an affair? Like, none of them are married, so it wouldn't be an affair for starters. <laughs> Um, <laughs> romance, just uh, you know, hot sandy romance between a Jedi and a slave. Right. Um, like. The answer to that question, from me at least, is no. Um. <laughs> no, but okay. You know what? Just allow me. Allow me. I will try to go a bit more serious on that. I do kind of think that if that wouldn't be a story for kids. That would be a kind of a fun idea. Maybe there is some kind of hints that they have some kind of chemistry. But I don't know. I mean... Whoa, whoa. are you calling Shmi a liar? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to go with no. In the end, uh, I, 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 will, I think I will have to go with no. So we all in agreement that Shmi did and Qui-Gon did not have an affair during the events of Phantom Menace. I'm going to take Lai's silence to mean maybe. Maybe. Interesting. Uh, so the next question, asked by Charged Ions, why is Luke so different from Anakin? I mean, Luke doesn't have as much swagoo as Anakin, so I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> on a serious note, how? why are they so different? I don't, I don't know. They were raised on the same planet and sort of... Not the same conditions, but... I mean, Anakin spent most most of his childhood growing up in a dogmatic Jedi Order. I mean, that's gotta... If yes. that's gonna mess up your brain, then probably will. I think that one of the reasons might be that they kind of started their journey in a completely different ways. Mm. Uh, Anakin started it because he had an opportunity. Uh, he could have gone... This was, this was a difficult choice, but he could actually like literally choose to stay that there was nothing that was actually stopping him but he wanted to go out he wanted to go out and see the world of course Luke also wanted it but Luke started his journey more of a necessity more because he had to do this because nothing was 
behind him. And the fact that nothing was behind him meant that he looked to the future. He looked to what he wants to become. While big part of Anakin's story was that he was still holding on to the past. Mm. He was still holding on to thoughts about his mother. And he had this fear instilled in him from the beginning. While Luke didn't really Luke didn't wasn't really that afraid of that Luke was just like right now I just need to go and do it uh, Anakin was afraid so much in every part in every movie he was extremely uh, every prequel movie he was extremely afraid the uh, first one he was afraid of of uh, the fact that he went out and was alone in the uh, uh, second episode uh, he was uh afraid of, of uh, for, for his mother in the third part he was afraid uh, for he was afraid because of the divisions of of Padme's death uh, and Luke he wasn't really Luke was had this bravado Luke was out there he wanted to go out he wanted to fly out he wanted to uh, go and rescue his friends and in the third part he wasn't uh he wasn't afraid when he went to fight fight with Vader and get him back the fact that he in the end, he went. He was afraid. Uh, this was his trial. But what he what did he do? He faced the death. He faced the reality. He admitted to his mistakes, and he was Luke Skywalker again. They're different. They're different people. They come from different circumstances. This is the argument for nature versus nurture. But act- in actuality, uh, this is a, a sign that the nurture has plays a big part. Whereas their nature, you know, they were both very strong force users. That was in their nature. Um, but their circumstances sort of, you know, brought them to different places in their life. So Anakin had a lot more to deal with, I think, than Luke did. Um, Luke Luke had a call to action, but uh, everything was sort of put in motion for him. And Anakin was sort of the catalyst for all that. And also, you know, um, Luke was raised by two people that were probably there for him emotionally, whereas... Anakin didn't really have that, so um, that's another another reasoning. Oh, also, uh, Anakin really hates sand, so I know that's how they're different, too. I, I'm pretty sure Luke's cool with sand. Yeah, I think Luke's pretty cool with sand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he wanted to stay on Tatooine, so, you know. I think at, at the least he, he tolerates sand. Um, maybe he doesn't quite yeah, hate it. So. He's not at that level yet. Uh, and if you want to send us a question, go to our Twitter, at uh, CastleFun or go to our subreddit, our Castle Fun, and post in the appropriate thread for that. Uh, I would also like to apologize before we close out about saying that we would announce the Speculator of the Month this episode. Uh, we're not going to be doing that. Instead, we're going to be teaming up with Finding Camino. That, if you don't know, that is the weekly speculation topic that is voted for you by the sub. So if you want to choose a topic for Finding Camino next week, head, head on over to the sub and vote in the poll. But basically, the way we'll be choosing the Speculator of the Month in Finding Camino will be choosing the most interesting and insightful response from any of the topics. And that will be chosen about two weeks from now. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Tom, would you like to give out the closing coordinates? Of course, with pleasure. If you'd like to find us in a galaxy far, far away, aka the internet, you can find us on subreddit at r slash castlefun. If you're more of an avian nature, you can find us on Twitter at castlefun. If you want to to support the huge corporations, you can find us on YouTube on Castlefun Podcast. Uh, if you want to listen to us when you are driving through Finland uh, winter or something like this, you can find us on SoundCloud at 
soundcloud.com slash castlefunpodcast. We're also available on Pocketcast at castlefunpodcast. And we're also available on iTunes at castlefunpodcast. See you around, kid.